cool we um, started and stuff. What up, pal? How are you? Uh, very good. How are you? Are you really? Very good. You know, I'm still alive, so I guess that's a good start. That's always a good start. Um, yeah. I'm all right. I'm all right. Uh, yeah, how are know. you? <laughs> I guess that's the, the good response to that uh, question. Uh, Usually how humans carry on conversations. Looking uh, looking at news is very depressing. Yeah. Um, not like nerd news. Just Well, I mean, that's kind of depressing, too. Just news in general. It's all about just people being shot and murdered everywhere. Yeah. All the time. Every day. Famine in, famine in Yemen. Bunch of crazy shit going on. Yeah. It's either that or uh, Kim Kardashian talking about Pete Davidson, which no one cares about. But I don't know how he dead dude must... If you have a really strong personality and a huge penis, because that dude slept his way through Hollywood. Or a really strong penis and a huge personality. Yeah. One of those two, I'm not sure. Yeah, it's got to be one of those two things. Yeah. Either way, we can we can surmise that his penis is probably immense. Yeah. It's got to be. There's no, there's no other way. It's got to be. I'm telling you gotta be the bleach hair bro like no one else can pull that off and still get laid unless you just have a huge like absurdly comedically sad penis like like if you like stay hard for longer than 30 minutes you're gonna start blacking out like the blood pressure is going like all the way down and it's not going to your brain and you're just like losing just your capacity to exist that's exactly what we're talking about right now everybody welcome to the show welcome yeah <laughs> talking about big wangs and other things and chicken know. Chicken, chicken wings. I, I want chicken wings. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> um. So, uh, so, uh, so you know, way, uh, you know, I bought a Doctor Strange tickets. Ah, uh, yes, you did. I, I did, yeah. And you're yeah. gonna, you're gonna come see me and watch Doctor Strange with me. That's exactly what's gonna happen. Gonna Excellent. Be there. Excellent. Every- Every time we take a group photo, I'm going to throw on my hoodie and turn my background so it's just like this mysterious image. It's not likely that we'll take a group photo, to be honest, because uh, it's only me and you and one other person, and mm. uh, I'm pretty sure none of us like pictures, so. Yeah. But. I hate pictures so much, I refuse to be in one right now. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, there we go. Yeah. Uh, uh, but yeah, it should be it should be fun. That should be fun. But the day before that is May fourth, right? Ooh, you yeah, know what big thing? What big things are coming out? Do you think? Uh, well, you know it's it's Star Wars Day, pretty much more or less. Yep. Um, May the fourth. And so the the Crest Theater here in Sacramento is once again showing the 1977 mm-hmm. version of A New Hope, <laughs> uh, with celebrity guests. three celebrity guests and if i said their names you would say who and i would tell you nobody actually cares uh one was a tuscan raider and two were jawas and no (laughs) one actually cares but they're gonna be there to and they're gonna do a meet and greet and they're so exclusive the meet and greet price is like forty dollars which includes the ticket to see the movie oh my well So, so it's very cheap to meet and greet uh a Tuscan yeah. Raider into uh, Jawas. Two Jawas, yeah. yeah. I mean, I guess if you're really like into the Tusk, because I know a lot of people are really into the Tuscan Raider thing, and a lot of people are really like Jawas. So like, but did anybody ever care who was under the costume? 
No, probably not, but it's more about like just the general idea of someone was there in the original costume when the idea was set up, and they were the one that betrayed it, and you, like, you know, filled your head essentially with like the images of what would go on to become the, the more expansive idea of the Tuscan Raider or the Jawa. So, sure, it's just that. Sure. You know, I, I mean, like, if it if it was like, like just just to say, like, it's, I just put it out there, like, you know, you're right, it's really fucking stupid. <laughs> and I, these guys are professional actors, so I don't want to like sell them short. Ha <laughs> ha, Jawas. <laughs> but also, ha. <laughs> Uh, but also at the same time, like, you know, like, yeah, an extra 20 bucks for me. So tickets for like, what, probably 20 or nine. Uh, yeah. I think just the tickets, $25. Yeah. Oh, so it's like $15 <laughs> for the meet and greet. Okay. So that's not exactly. You know. Yeah. And there's three of them. So they each have five. Because I thought you for a second, you were saying that it was like $60 to meet. And no, greet. no, no. Like, yeah, I was like, it'd be like, oh my fuck. No, it's $40 total. Oh, that's fine. Good for them. But I'm, I'm uh, not gonna pay the extra fifteen. Yeah, no, get that, get that, get that dollar. That's all I can say. <laughs> you know, get it how, get it however you can. If someone wants to throw fifteen bucks your way because they want to shake your hand, like, oh, it's like be a job. I was like, oh, you know, George said, hey, can you run over here? Okay, now, uh, can you do it faster and with more intensity? And okay. Can now. you point? <laughs> can you point in that direction? It Bang reminds me it. of uh, last week when we were talking about Ezra Miller. Was, I, I'm the Flash. Yeah. <laughs> These guys are getting drunk at our bar. They're like, I was a Jawa in Star Wars. You can't treat me this way. Yeah, pretty much. It's like, motherfucker, you were not like Kenny no, Baker or Anthony Daniels. Like, nobody cares. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know about that being a side extra. I bet these guys did a lot of extra stuff on a lot of different movies, especially like sure. sci-fi movies. There was a shit. But like, even then, day. like they're not main characters like like people people cared about a warwick davis who was wicked you know the ewok but we don't care about any of the other ewoks yeah man well you know that's because most of them most of them were ignoring everybody fucking hated them so much that one of the most popular video games like in the 90s was one where you drive around in an atst shooting ewoks you know they they, they have a version of that in um in battlefront 2 they have like a game mode, but like instead of like you, so like you spawn as a as a um, stormtrooper, yeah, yeah, and you have to go around and find the Ewoks and kill them. But if they kill you, then you become an Ewok, and then you have to go kill stormtroopers. That's hell funny. Yeah, but so it's been a long running joke. Uh, I don't know why, Pat, but you know he was the fluffy first teddy bear before we got introduced to all the cousins that we hated. So mm. you know that at least, at least that initial Ewok was yeah. pretty damn cute. Um, but um, speaking like, speaking of Ezra Miller, there was some like news that like WB like held emergency talks to like <laughs> see if he should be removed as the Flash. Which then later they came out and said that's not true. We didn't do that, and who fucking cares? Because it's WB. But yeah, um, let's say like what emergency fucking talk? Like one executive called another executive and said, "Oh, that guy's fucking our image." <laughs> they're like guys we have to keep ezra miller at least people are talking about us now yeah pretty much we're relevant again uh yeah except for when our people aren't trashing our movies which are probably led to more entertainment than the actual movie itself at this point but that's true um poor poor dc poor poor dc that's all i gotta say have have you been watching moon knight I did. I watched episode one and two yesterday, and I did enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Um, I very much actually. I think the trailer made the show seem a little bit more in. I got 
to be honest, I, I avoided all the trailers after like the okay, first I, one. I, I watched the first trailer because like I don't know, like it was a big thing on Disney Plus. It says watch the Moon Knight trailer. And I was like, whatever. I was probably stoned as hell. So like, mm-hmm. yeah, sure, whatever. Watch you know, watch Moon Knight, whatever. Watched it. Like it was just, <laughs> it was like shot like a horror film almost. Yeah, um, parts yeah. of it is is horror esque. <laughs> like the end of episode one, where he's like beating down the the Anubis dog, you know. Yeah, that's pretty horror esque. Uh, maybe we have different depth. Maybe I'm just kind of okay, numb well, to I, everything but extreme body gore horror at this point after so many years vested. Yeah, I don't really watch much horror, so you probably have a more insight than I do about that. Yeah. But, um, yeah. yeah, it seems like there there are horror elements present though. Uh, but I don't. I don't view the show as a horror show at all. Yeah, um, I would. I wouldn't even brand it that. I wouldn't even brand it psychological thriller. To be honest, I would just call it like an action movie thriller. Yeah, uh, Maybe a little I bit did talk to some people, and they're like, "Yeah, you know, uh, I was really annoyed by Oscar Isaac's British accent, um, which is understandable <laughs> because, like, I think that's the point." Yeah, and 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 he really accentuates it. Like, he really sounds like he's from like Essex or something. You know, like. Mm. He even says "bruv" every now and then, and in it in baga. Your, your favorite, your favorite word, bro. I I don't say "bruv" very much. Every time you text me, you always say "later, bruv." I don't <laughs> say "bruv." I'm gonna go through our text right now. Uh, I'm gonna emphasize every single. You'll bruv never I find. find a "bruv" in any text <laughs> I sent you. Just search by "bruv" right now and see. The only up. the only time I say "bruv" is if I use like a London accent. But I've never texted bruv. At least not recently. Maybe years ago. Okay, maybe that's what I'm thinking of. But I'm not gonna go back that far. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah. No. You know, I I I really do appreciate his acting and all of this. He seems to be doing pretty good. I think he's. I think it's intentional that this main character. I I completely forget their names now. I know one's David, the other's Mark. Right. That's the uh, idea. Stephen Grant and Mark Spector. Okay, Stephen Grant and Mark Spector. So, yeah, well, you know, like whoever St- and Stephen's the one who's got the British accent, right? Yeah, he's... yeah. <laughs> he's. I don't like, know I think, what's going on. I I'm just lost all be, the time. Yeah, I think he's supposed to be annoying and flamboyant. I think that's supposed to be. It seems to be like his thing. It seems to be an integral part of his character, which is fine. And if people are getting annoyed by it, that means characters are working. Um, yeah. Well, I also feel like, uh, like especially in episode one, he's kind of just a proxy for the audience, right? Like, he yeah. has no fucking clue what's going on, and none of us have a clue what's going on either. Well, unless yeah. you like are familiar with Moon Knight, but like people who don't know who Mo- <laughs> like that Moon Knight has like this this like identity disorder and schizophrenia and shit. Like people just are kind of like, what the fuck is happening? You know? Mm-hmm. Why does he have like handcuffs on his bed? Is he kinky or some shit? Yeah. You know. Why is there sand everywhere? What the fuck is up with the goldfish? Like nobody actually like knows what is happening. So like just like him, he has no idea what's happening. So yep. it's like a good proxy for the audience. Yep. Yeah, I did like the blackout parts. It was interesting to see like you know the freak out from that literal months had passed. Um, you know, several like I think this is more an episode two when he was having a more of an emotional breakdown. But you know, Oscar Isaac is just such an amazing actor. He really yeah. is. Um. But sticking with episode one for right now, there are a lot of really good action sequences, and I really like the thing where he like blacks out and then switches to like his badass persona. Yeah, and I like and how like because <laughs> because because Stephen Grant is such a proxy for us. Like when he's blacking out and becoming like Mark Spector is taking control, we don't see that. Like 
we mm-hmm. only really see his perspective. But the more the show goes on, the more our narration will kind of change, I think. And broaden, you know, yeah. It's like we're last first two episodes were on um, Steven. The next two are going to be on Mark. And uh, probably the other three of that are going to be like solely on. I don't know. <laughs> How many how many episodes are we slated for this season? Six. Oh, so that's not that okay. Well, budget looks really high, so yeah. I think um, you know that's probably why. <coughs> oh, excuse me, each episode's like what fifty four minutes. I think the first one was. So yeah, every, every episode probably they're all going to be between like forty five minutes to an hour, uh, which is a big step up, I think, because like you look at like WandaVision, which even though it was nine episodes, like the first like three episodes were like twenty five minutes each, you know. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of star power in one division too so we need to we need to understand that like well oscar isaac is more star power than everyone else in one yeah but you know i think he's more but still i think he's getting really really well known now but i think up to a few years ago he was still probably considered in the up-and-coming category and i think he's still kind of relatively sitting there now though at the very end of being part of that club where i think he's gonna you know, move on to being just major star. You know, yeah. because I remember when the the original cast, like when they casted all these new characters in Star Wars, like Oscar Isaac, who was that? Like, you know. Uh, oh, I was the opposite. Was I? Yeah. Hold on. I don't I remember. remember. That was a long time ago. <laughs> no, because <laughs> because I was familiar. I don't know if I was. I thought I thought like they would go with like a lot of unknowns, but they still had like a lot of known actors be in there. You know. Mm. well and they had the original cast well so, yeah there's that too <laughs> uh but oscar isaac was doing a lot at that time but he was in x-men the year after so yeah he was like what doomsday or apocalypse he was apocalypse yeah <laughs> yeah yeah um, that movie was actually not terrible compared to the other yeah. x-men movies but yeah compared to phoenix rising whatever the fuck <laughs> <laughs> oh dark phoenix was so bad i don't know if you yeah, watched it i never i never saw it because i just knew i could tell by watching the trailer i was like oh my god like there's Dude. body acting in the trailer itself and the cgi just looks like trash i so. i knew mystique would die mm, and I so I was, yeah yeah <laughs> yeah i was like oh you know I, I hate i hate this version of mystique so i'll just watch it until mystique dies and like even her death was insufferable that's how bad it was <laughs> <laughs> like I, I couldn't even enjoy her death it was very sad what the fuck yeah well on the bright side she'll never be back so at least you get that right yeah yeah <clears throat> so you you and i have talked before like i i've i've mentioned like my great distaste for the new site comic book resources yeah um and it all started because like when i when i was doing nerdy boys reviews with with my with my old buddy scott we we would use them for all of our news and then eventually like their news just started to not be news it was just all conjecture and opinion pieces yep which was really really annoying um and so like it all started with an article about ant-man um like after ant-man had come out and it was like it was just like the most random shit like like they they pretty much were just saying like the movie is awful because janet van dyne is super capable and they just ignored her and and let a man do all this stuff or whatever i was Mm. like well you can have a problem with that but also acknowledge that within the movie they established why that was 
Like mm. that's literally like one of the driving points of the movie that Hank Pym doesn't want his daughter to die. Yeah. Like that, that and that's within his power to make that decision whether you agree with it or not. And like to just say the whole movie's bad because like they ignored her capabilities. They didn't ignore her capabilities. We saw in in Ant-Man, we saw her beat the shit out of Scott Lang and do everything better than him. We saw it all. We know yeah. she's better than him. But <laughs> Hank doesn't want her to die. <laughs> Like, yeah. that's the whole point. Um, and, you know, this happened a bit later, but I think also that showed in uh, the what if when she did die and Hank went on a serial killer split when he murdered all the freaking Avengers one after the other. Yeah. In very dramatic fashion. So I think that emphasizes that as well. So at least there's that. But again, that's talking about the original Ant-Man movie in the now. So yeah, probably does, probably doesn't apply, but still just a, just a thought. Yeah, but but back to my point, right? Comic book resources is just like terrible, and like they mm. continue to be terrible. Like their articles now, like are still terrible. Like, did J.K. Rowling copy Tolkien's The Lord of the Rings for Harry Potter? No, <laughs> she's never even read The Lord of the Rings. Anybody who knows, who anybody who loves Harry Potter or loves Lord of the Rings should know those things. And and obviously, like it's hard to say just straight out no because all modern fantasy fiction is inspired by Tolkien, whether people have read it or not. Uh, just because of the influence he had on the genre. Like, he, he pretty much created, like, modern fantasy fiction. So all modern fantasy fiction is, is inspired by Tolkien, whether they've read his work or not. Yeah, uh, Real Wheel of Time is the biggest one I can think of that I know, like, Robert Jordan basically says, yeah, I re- he's heavily inspired from Tolkien. <clears throat> right. And, like, articles like this, Saruman hated smoking, but Merry and Pippin proved he was Lord of the Rings' biggest hypocrite. Like, what? 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 Like, 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 what? <laughs> what yeah (laughs) and so so it really annoyed me yesterday when i was when i was scrolling twitter of all places cesspool of all and and this like well-known star wars account didn't post an article but posted a screenshot of a headline of a comic book resources article that Mm -hmm. said that said george lucas uh was inspired by the vietnam war for star wars or something and every more like world war ii or something like that and in the the well-known star wars twitter account wrote like in mocking quotes like but star wars isn't political you know people do that to mock other people's arguments like people who say star wars isn't political and you can you can have whatever arguments you want about whether star wars is or isn't political we all know there are politics within star wars but yeah. the 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 uh, the idea that Star Wars is something because the creator said something at some point is ridiculous. And I and yeah. I I I know I talk about this a lot, but it really fucking annoys me that people think that what a writer or director says about their work should mean anything to the audience. Yeah. Like it, it doesn't. Allegory is stupid. And you telling me that because the writer says this is an allegory for fascism or World War II or Nazis or whatever, you telling me that if I don't believe that I'm an idiot doesn't do anything. Because what Star Wars means to me doesn't change because it means something different to you. That's the whole point of fiction. Yeah. Any thoughts? No, I just think it's dumb to compare it to Vietnam because they didn't have turret gunning in Vietnam. They had turret gunning in World War II. So I just think that's a really dumb comparison. <laughs> and then, you know, you could say Star Wars isn't political. And, you know, in some cases you're right, but it's also fundamentally about good versus evil. <clears throat> now, the problem is, it's just, this is the question we have to keep asking ourselves every day now, which is why I think our society is getting a little frustrated. 
is it what is really good and what is really evil? And those questions are actually a lot more difficult to answer than most movies portray them to be, you know? Right. Like in Star Wars, you're right. Like it's a lot easier and simpler to view it as just, uh, oh, these guys are really bad because they do bad things. And these guys are really good because they do good things. And they good guys eventually win. They're a plucky little rebellion. You know, they beat the bad guys in a glorious battle that defeats the entire empire. and They don't have to worry about anything after. Yay. That's like how the yeah. movie basically ends. Like yeah. It's just one dinky little rebel fleet and they blow up the second Death Star and then, oh, the Empire's beaten forever. Yay. <laughs> it's. Right. So you know... I, I found the article. Oh, boy. Oh, man. Uh, this will probably help your mood for sure. Make sure to check your blood yeah. pressure before you do that. Yeah, uh, the original Star Wars trilogy takes clear inspiration from a plethora of classic movies and storytelling techniques. From the western gunslinger of Han Solo to the samurai-like teachings of the Jedi Knight, all of these concepts are twisted by being placed into a science fiction setting. Uh, Star Wars is uh, fantasy, not science fiction, first of all, if you're looking uh, at the strict definition of... Or, or sci-fi fantasy. Yeah. More. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but the... The movies don't challenge you uh, technologically or intelligently. They challenge you uh, emotionally. There's a, mm. that's, that's the difference between science fiction and fantasy for people with literary backgrounds. But none of that actually matters because, again, it is what it is to you. Uh, yeah. Yet Star Wars creator George Lucas has revealed that one of the largest inspirations wasn't a movie, but instead a real-life event, the Vietnam War. <laughs> okay, and uh, we'll get a quote eventually to support that, I'm sure. In 1965... America entered the Vietnam War and began sending troops with over 500,000 Americans deployed by 1969. By the time the war ended in 1975, close to 60,000 Americans had died, and the war was considered a complete failure due to the questionable nature of joining the war and the extensive brutality that was being filmed live for television. Many American people were against it, one of them being George Lucas. During a 2005 interview with the Boston Globe, Lucas said, I love history, so while the psychological basis of Star Wars is mythological, the political and social basis are historical. Wow, what does that have to do with Vietnam? Um, hmm, hold on, let me read this again. Star Wars creator George Lucas has revealed that one of the largest inspirations wasn't a movie, but instead a real-life event, the Vietnam War. Does that quote have anything to do with the Vietnam War? No. Okay, we'll continue. This comes as no surprise, as inspiration from history can be seen throughout. It's no coincidence that the Empire is often referred to by viewers as space Nazis, as their dictatorship and prejudice against non-human species are purposely representative of the Nazi party during World War II. And you know, also they're kind of dressed like Nazis, and their main soldiers... Or, or their name, there's names there's names stormtroopers so you know that could be it too but you know go on keep reading God. right well I, <laughs> I, I do take partial issue with um with uh their 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 uh, prejudice against non-human species uh, I didn't see much of that in Star Wars because there were no non-humans in the Empire because they oppressed them all well I mean they I mean they showed up they showed up on like Tatooine and there's I mean Moss Eisley is like all non-human species pretty much and, I mean, the stormtroopers aren't fucking with them. They're shoving aliens out of the way, bro. They're harassing people on the streets. Where are you going with these droids? Yeah, but those were huh? people. Those were humans, though. <laughs> like, yeah, dude, the empire's har- against everyone. <laughs> they're harassing Tatooinians. That's why Boba Fett had to, re- had to break away from the empire 30 years later when he beat up that one guy. You know, Boba, Boba Fett. Fucking happened, bro. 
<laughs> okay, but that wasn't the Empire. The Book of the Mandalorian. What? No, no. Yep, no. <laughs> uh, in 2018, George Lucas uh, sat down with director James Cameron to talk Star Wars and revealed how the Empire was also meant to resemble America. Cameron first points out how the Rebels are a small group using asymmetric warfare against a highly organized Empire, <laughs> and that nowadays they would be called terrorists. Asymmetric warfare, bro. Yeah, let's sort of like get six spaceships and attack this giant station. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's definitely a fucking symmetric warfare. Lucas then replies, when I did it, they were Viet Cong. <laughs> in other words, he saw the Vietnamese as the rebel heroes and America as the villain invading their territory. Yeah, well, there's no easy answer for the, Viet for the Vietnam question because, like, man, it's just fucked, dude. Like, yeah. imagine entering a war that two other nations had just immediately failed and <laughs> suffered heavy casualties and they're like don't worry guys don't worry guys we'll recruit some fucking citizens train them for four weeks and send them into the fucking jungle it'll be fine we'll be fine we'll take them out for you don't worry guys yeah and then you know it led to some of the most ferocious atrocities that this country's ever participated in and most likely its entire history aside from what it did to the native populations of uh you know the land we're occupying right now uh uh, with right. that being said, though, like, you know, I mean, I mean, sure, you can compare them to the Viet Cong, but you can compare them to a lot of things like they're just a plucky little rebel alliance <laughs> fighting the bad guy. Right. And that's the beauty of it. Right. Like that's 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 the whole point of of art isn't to say this is only this. And if you disagree, you're wrong. It's to say this can be applied to this or applied to that. And, and all these interpretations, as long as there's evidence within the text, are valid. Right. Yeah. Uh, like I'll, I'll pick all this out, right? Like, uh, he explained Star Wars was a vessel to put his worldviews into and that America had become an empire during the Vietnam War, one that was doomed to fail like every empire before it, uh, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and then, uh, in 2013, uh, George Lucas, there's a book, George Lucas attended a story conference in 1981 and was asked if Palpatine was a Jedi to which Lucas said no he was a politician Richard M. Nixon was his name he subverted the Senate and finally took over and became an imperial guy and he was really evil but he pretended to be a nice guy okay <laughs> see and that's the thing right that's George Lucas's inspiration and interpretation of his own work and when you get it you don't have to know that it wasn't that Palpatine was inspired by Nixon you can just apply it to whatever you want to right um, the biggest thing I look at with something like this is like, if you've read the Lord of the Rings and you've read any of the two towers with Treebeard in the ends, yeah, like it, it's, it reads like, if you're looking at it through a prism of allegory, it reads like, wow, Tolkien really hates, uh, machines and he hates, uh, industrialization and he wants the, and he wants nature to fight back. And the truth is. He does, and he that, that's that that's what it is. But yeah. that's he, if you read the opening of the Lord of the Rings in the foreword, he literally says, "Don't take any of this as allegory. <laughs> Don't do it because it doesn't matter, right? Your interpretation means more, and and it means even more because Tolkien wrote the entire Lord of the Rings from the perspective of an unreliable narrator. Yeah." Right. And so that that's just kind of how I prefer to approach any art, wherever it is, is from the idea that like it's not just one thing, because if Star Wars is just a metaphor or an allegory for the Vietnam War, 
okay, why would I ever watch it again? I have nothing more to gain from it if that's all it is. And, and if that's all it is, then I can just go read history. Right? Yeah. Why do you need Star Wars? Because it's a new it's a new pretty box to, to wrap the story in? It's not like, just a new pretty box, bro. It's got lasers and fucking explosions and it's got giant hairy people and it's got freaking... What's her name? What's her... Carrie Fr- Fisher yeah, running yeah, around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Carrie Fisher running around in a white jumpsuit with no underwear on. Come on, man. She, she had duct tape on her breasts. No, but she had no underwear on. Duct tape... Does duct tape actually? Do you actually? That's what she cons- used. That's what she do you used. actually consider duct tape to be? Is, no. Would you legally cons- like if you were in a court of law and a judge asked you, would you consider duct tape to be a legal form? Would a reasonable person define duct tape as underclothing? What would you respond? Well, obviously not. But I mean, that's what she was wearing. You know. Okay, so she wasn't wearing any underwear. Establish that. Okay. All right. Fair <laughs> enough. Because because there wasn't any. You know, she she didn't know what space underwear looked like until she wore a metal space underwear. You know. <laughs> George, George Lucas didn't know what space underwear looked like either. That's why she couldn't wear it. Yeah, it was all planned from the beginning. Oh man. The, the truth is, George Lucas created Star Wars because he wanted to find the most complex way to watch Carrie Fisher run with no underwear on. Yeah, pretty much. That was yeah, his goal from the beginning. He's like, wow, this Carrie Fisher actress is beautiful. I want to see her running with no bra on. How about I write an incredibly complex trilogy just for one scene where she's running down a hallway with no bra on? Perfect. That's how you sneak it in, bro. It's like Quentin Tarantino with all those foot fetish, high-quality high edited, bro. In each movie, there's a bunch of foot fetish stuff. Totally. That's, he has a collection of it. He probably has a DVD at home with all the all the foot fetish scenes he's ever put in every single movie. And every Friday night, Quentin Tarantino makes fucking popcorn. He gets in his big personal home theater, and he just fucking rubs one out while watching his movies. With, with feet, okay. Well, don't cancel me, but I, I've never watched a Quentin Tarantino movie. Oh, that's fine. I mean, some of them are really good, and some of them are... Eh, like, everyone was... Everyone was fawning over uh, the weirdest one he did, the Hollywood movie. Or Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Yeah, I personally didn't think it was very good. And that makes a lot of people angry when I say that. But I also don't care what people think about me. So, yeah. there you go. <laughs> you know, I, that, that, that's just like, with me, it's like, I, I don't ever re, uh, watch any movie that's not mm-hmm. like a nerd movie. Because I, I don't know, well, I just don't have I don't any know. interest. I, so. I I watch a lot of movies, so I'm like I don't know, like Lawrence of Arabia, like old the old, a lot of the old school mm. ones. Uh, good movie. There's some really good movies out there. Uh, Citizen Kane too is a great movie to watch if you want to see. Where that's a classic, though. Yeah, well, you know that's what it's saying. I watch a lot of classics too, like all the you watch all the Charlie God- Chaplin movies. Uh, I watch some of them, not all of them, but some of them. Some because some of them are actually legitimately funny, and they often. Charlie Chaplin's pretty unmatched as an actor, to be honest. Well, he's, you know, it's all an expressionism. But also, there's another thing, too, is that he used, he really used the fact that everything was going to be shot in black and white to his advantage. Uh, you know, he had his face, like, powdered and stuff like that, so everyone would be focused on his eyes, and he outlined his lips with black, you know, with black stencil, so people could see, like, and he just really worked on those gestures in the mirror. He's just a really good actor, yeah. you know? Uh, I think today, like, modern comparison... I don't know. I think my favorite actor would probably be Christian Bale. He's done a lot I'm of really not good... a fan of Christian Bale. Uh, I don't know. He's he's pretty good. Nick Cage can be really good too, but he has to be like in the right in the right the right movie. 
like there's some i know he's done a lot of weird movies but he has nicholas cage has also done a lot of really good movies i can't remember there's one where he's like i think just called beat a kid or something like that really fucking good christian mm-hmm. bale he's christian bale was american psycho right yeah and then, and then he was also in he was Hal for Hal's Moving Castle. He voiced Hal and was phenomenal performance. Uh, he was in the Big Short. That was pretty good, but it's like a shrink. Batman. He was a good. He was a good Bruce Wayne. He was an okay Batman. I thought you said you liked his Bruce Wayne though, or did you like? Uh, yeah, more? but it, there's something about the way he talked, even as Bruce Wayne. It always felt yeah. like he was about to have a lisp. <laughs> and I don't know yeah, if that was like intentional or not. But, like, no. the, I have a problem with all Batmans because every Batman, when they talk in the suit, I don't know if it's the suit itself or something else, they always talk like they have an extended jaw. Mm. And they're always like, Gotham needs the savior. And I'll be the savior. Oh Maybe God. it's because they're trying to be super intense. Maybe. So they stick their jaw out. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. What were we talking about originally? Uh, or you were screaming about some comic review yeah. website. I was screaming about allegory. Yeah, well, you know, unfortunately, like, sometimes the allegory can, I, if you really are trying to make a story with a with a very defined purpose, I think you should go ahead and use it if you want to, because it's your story, you're the one that's writing it. Sure. And, I just think it's know. a weak storytelling mode. Like, yeah. it really limits, like, what people can gain from your work. That's the same issue I have with C.S. Lewis in The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Like, mm-hmm. if you don't know that Aslan is Jesus, you're an idiot. It's like, well, yeah. but... I mean, like, sure, obviously that was your intention, and, like, yeah, it makes sense. He was fucking crucified and shit, like, yeah. but that if that's all there is to it, then why do I need to read it? Why do I need to watch it? Why do I need to interact with it at all? Like, there's no repeat value to it, right? Like, that's the thing, like, I reread Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings, like, all the time because there's so mm-hmm. much repeat value to reading them. But if, like, I believe what people say about, like, Lord of the Rings is just an allegory for World War One and World War Two, and about how nature um is fighting back against um industrialization, and <laughs> then, okay, sure, yeah, then I, there's nothing else to get from it. Thank you. I'll go read history. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I mean, and you're right. See, that's the thing about Lord of the Rings, though, is like it's like three books that are actually nine books, so there's a lot of space to fit in a lot of different things and a lot of different ideas and a lot of this. That's the difference between a, a movie and a piece of literature is that when you when you're you know good at literature you have a lot of free space to express different things. Uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of words in Lord of the Rings and most people probably don't quote like eighty five to ninety percent of them and they only focus on the ten percent they're constantly quoting. Right. You know, but there are and, a lot and of and misquoting and misquoting too that that too or like misunderstanding or like, you know just getting their own interpretation from it. Like for me. I'm rereading Lord of the Rings right now, and it's been all, it's been a really long time. I'll tell you since I've read Lord of the Rings, it's been a really really long time, right. like pr- probably at least ten years. So like I'm just looking at it now with fresher eyes and with a, as a more formed personality, I do see you know I, I do see a very strong anti-war sentiment in it, like in the pages, like it's just bleeds through at least to me. I'm not sure. It's like well, yeah, I mean it's there, but it's also it's also kind of it's kind of it's kind of also the you know sure there's anti-war but but what we're getting towards a lot of things is like it's kind of just like well but war is inevitable and war is coming whether we like it or not you know like and like uh, one of the most misquoted 
things from Lord of the Rings is, is because of the movie, right? Because of mm-hmm. how Gandalf says in the movie. But it's when, when Frodo says, like, I wish none of this had happened to me. Mm-hmm. And Gandalf said, so do, so do all who live to see such times. But that's not for us to decide. All we have to decide is what to do to, with the time that is given. It's given, yeah. Right? And in the in the book, he says, the time that is given us, right? And, but, but then, you know, in the movie, he says something different. And so, yeah. like, people get, like, that shit tattooed on them. So I think it's so funny. But people also, like because it's misquoted they also misinterpret it uh mm. which you know is fine like it can be their interpretation but yeah. based on all the context of the book it, it really sounds like what gandalf is saying like it's not like the time you you have in your life right it's not like oh i have 60 years to live and all that matters is what i do with that time mm. what gandalf is saying is like you were born into this time now and yeah. all you can do, you do is decide what to do while you're here in yeah. this time right like in this time, the Dark Lord is rising again, and you have the ring, and you have to decide what you want to do, right? That's what he's yeah. saying. He's not saying, hey, you know, hey, man, live your life, do your thing, whatnot, like, well, you got time. And also, you know, another thing he opens up with, too, which I think adds a little bit more wisdom onto it, just saying, like, uh, there are others that have had to see such times through, right? and they made it through, so I think you can make it through, too. You know, like, kind of, almost kind of a reassurance, which is... Oh, just Tolkien being Tolkien. You know, it's great when you're a 30-year professor at Oxford <laughs> and studying English. You can do all this... And writing fucking, a dictionary. Yeah, do all this fucking language jujitsu to make people, like, feel different things at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, God, how thankful am I to... How thankful we are to have Lord of the Rings now, though. Yeah. At least we can talk about it. So good. good. It is. Uh, there's a lot of good fantasy out there, but I, and I just don't know why, but I, you know, and I've, this is speaking as someone who's read a lot of fantasy novels. I just, nothing has ever come close to touching Lord of the Rings, like what it was, what it continues to be and like how it well, is. And it's like other like fantasy, even like science fiction stuff. Like I've tried to read. No one mm. like has that, the skill that Tolkien had with weaving a story with yeah. like, actually like while well, actually saying something like i feel like tolkien tolkien is like an end right tolkien is like treebeard it takes him a yeah. long time to get to his point sometimes or tom bombadil which is like he just he just starts blurting out random beautiful songs out of nowhere and he right. talks about how awesome he is so anyway moving on yeah but like when i read other fantasy it, like it, it feels clunky like yeah. it, it feel it like it doesn't like like I've tried to read Game of Thrones and I just feel like it's it it doesn't flow like and and there's nothing like that beautiful about the way it's written like I don't know what it is about Tolkien but the way he writes to me is just really beautiful. I just think it has to be his mastery of the English language at the end of the day. And like I'm, what I'm doing now with Lord of the Rings is I have a very old school. Uh, uh, something I kind of well, I didn't steal it from my grandpa because he's dead now. So I guess he he betrothed it to me. But his old college, his col- collegiate, I forgot. I, I don't know how to pronounce the word. I'm a little tired. Uh, my throat's tired. But is he in a very old dictionary from the 50s mm-hmm. that he got when he went to college? And uh, you know, I use it to look up words. And even in the dictionary, I feel like I need another dictionary to understand the definition of some of the words. Like. Yeah. I wish I could bring up examples now, but it's in my other room. I don't want to go get it because my feet are up and I'm chilling. <laughs> maybe next, maybe next time though, we can, can we get back to doing some Tolkien essays. Yeah. Um, but it's just when you're, like you said, like I keep saying, you know, he was an English, he was a professor of language at one of probably the most prestigious university in the world, you know, Oxford university, like where you have to have oral, like 
that's something I don't think you and I, like aside from a job interview, we've never had to have an orally administered and orally received test yeah. where you have to speak the answers to someone. <laughs> like, could you, uh, like you, have the thing, you have to think up the answer on the spot. And then and, like come in up front with, of a class. Yeah, and come up with a good response. Come up with a, like, you know, not just blurting out the answer, which is obviously they don't want. They want you to explain how you got to the answer in an eloquent and well thought out way. <laughs> it's just fucking crazy. Yeah, um, and I think that's just a level of in- of educated majesty that I think a lot of people don't get into this day because a lot of the highest thinkers of our age are usually these days. It seems almost all of them are going into electrical engineering rather than let's say you know like <laughs> well, study of you can't make money language. with language anymore. Like you just yeah. well you can now because there are a lot of good writers. There's a lot of good writers out there that are making quite a bit of money. Um, you know, like, this Brand- Brandon Sanderson is making quite a bit of money, and he's like relatively yeah. new. He's been writing for fifteen years. Sure, it's YA fiction, but it's still he's writing. <laughs> right, but it, you know, it, like you have to be writing and dedicated to writing for a long period of time to make money. And even then, you might not mm. like like nobody talks about how how much money R.L. Stein makes because nobody knows. Yeah. Like you know, we know that that J.K. Rowling is worth billions, but a lot of that's because of her movie deals, not really? so much because of her. Books. I mean, she made a lot off of book sales. Let's like, let's yeah. shit twisted. I think, but I, th- I think I saw. I can't remember, and this is probably an inaccurate quote, but I think she was actually one of the most like, just from purely from book sales. I think she was one of the most like well rewarded authors of all time. And I think I think she around. is. Like, it was like twenty million dollars just from book sales, and that's like considered a lot. <laughs> yeah. So just to let people know like how authors, but also authors are. I don't know. They're different kinds of people, mm-hmm. like me, like. I just hey, we don't that we don't see five. like we don't see phenomenons like Harry Potter anymore. I mean, like that there were release parties for every one of those books. Like you, you would yeah. get lines of people was, outside of Borders and Barnes and Nobles waiting. It was, it was to on get those the books. it was it was on the news. I remember yeah. every time there was a release, starting with Order of the Phoenix. Every order ever since Order of the Phoenix, I remember it was listed. People were on the news waiting to see. Yeah, you know, I remember the original the original Harry Potter website um, way back in the day in 2007, 2008 was crashing all the time because everybody was always visiting it. <laughs> and get, the, the craziest thing is even before like, sure, like the internet was a thing back in like 2005, mm. 2004, 2005, like it was a thing, but like not, there wasn't social media, right? Like back then, but even, even without social media, like the day Half-Blood Prince came out, I knew Dumbledore died because yeah. people told me just people, yeah. pe- people at school. You know, like, it's like that, that shit's crazy. I remember, like, I remember when I, when I, I, I didn't read Harry Potter when that came out. I didn't read it until like right before maybe, well, like later that year, I read all of them and then, um, waited for the final book to come out and then went to the launch party of that, which was fucking mm. sick. Yeah. Um, as for, you know, I went to well, the movie releases were big for me because I was in a family that was more oriented towards movies, but my mm-hmm. sister was very, I remember, um, this was, it was, it was the Half-Blood Prince when the book, the Half-Blood mm-hmm. Prince, she was waiting for the mailman. Like, I think she was sitting outside by the, by the post book, like starting from like 1030 AM. And I think she was out there till like 3 PM <laughs> waiting for the delivery driver to come drop off the Half-Blood Prince so she could grab it and go to her room yeah. and start reading it. Probably because of what you were talking about, she didn't want to be spoiled or anything like that. Um, right. Yeah. So, you know, and you're right. We haven't had any breakthrough major you know, there was kind of there was Hunger Games, kind of, sort of, but it wasn't to the same level. I don't think. Well, uh, I think right after Harry Potter was like Twilight was the craze. Yeah, Twilight and Twilight, like 
now that I understand more the intentions of the author, I I judge it less harshly than I used to. I still judge it harshly because it's poorly written. It's probably written, but also it was explained to me that she kind of wrote it with the intention of selling this book solely to 13-year-old girls. So for us as 26-year-old men to go and beat up on this book. Well, I mean, but but when I when I tried to read it, I was a 13-year-old boy. Yeah, well. And it was still bad. Did you want to go on adventures with your vampire boyfriend? I loved Buffy. <laughs> yeah, well, that's a vampire girlfriend. We're talking about a vampire Yeah, but I boyfriend. loved Angel and Spike as well. <laughs> Did you want them to be your boyfriend, though? No, but I dressed as Spike a lot. Well, then, vampire boyfriend adventures. That's all that matters. You know what's crazy? <clears throat> I was like, uh, I don't even know. I was probably like fourteen or fifteen, and like my my friend and I, we would like walk around dressed like you know Spike from Buffy, like both of us for some reason. But he looked more like it than I did. But I just liked wearing trench coats because it was cool, you know. Yeah. And like we were like walking around with some of our other friends. Like it was like late at night, and like we we're walking home, and we got stopped by a police officer. And they're like, hey, have you guys been like ding dong ditching people or something? And we we're like, we we're like, no, like we were just like at the park over there. Like we're just, we're just walking home. He was mm-hmm. like, well, we got a call about uh, like people ding dong ditching. And we're like, well, like what? Like, well, it wasn't us. Like, well, they said it was two guys in capes. <laughs> you guys wearing capes? no but i mean they probably saw us like walking around like the the neighborhood you know so they just assumed it was us but it wasn't us we didn't do it but the cop was the cop was cool with us which is which is good because like the people i hung out with back then like all they did was smoke weed and talk shit about cops because they always get stopped and they're like hey cops hate me and it's like well you know you smoke a lot of weed so yeah driving around with a doobie in your car yeah, I mean, I don't, I, didn't, I never smoked weed, so it was like I, I didn't really care. Like, <laughs> they, I don't, I don't know, but like they did. So it was like every time a, they saw a cop, they like you know got nervous. So it was like odd, but yeah. Um. <sighs> so there's there was Hunger Games, Twilight. Twilight was a big, 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 big fiction release. Hunger yeah. Games, I think, was the next one. I see. Remember when I was in high school, a lot of people were reading Hunger Games. So I don't want to say it was just the movies, but. You know, the books and the movies tied in very closely. Um, Game of Thrones flew under the radar for a long time until it was picked up by HBO. Yeah. Um, and then after that, people ate the first two books alive. They consumed them voraciously. They said they were great. And I read the first book, and I was like, ah, this is okay. And, but to me, I'll be 100% honest. This will probably give me a lot of hate, but also I don't care. I kind of just read, like, the same kind of pulpy fantasy I've been reading forever, albeit a little bit longer, and with a little bit more nuance to the storyline, but still more, just kind of more of the same stuff. There's yeah. people doing fucked up shit, some, like, you know, they want to have some, there's a lot of unnecessary graphic sex scenes, violence, uh, there's a horde of people that run around doing horde things, you know, yada, yada, yada. So I didn't really continue after that, and I guess a lot of people are mad that, George R. R. Martin for not releasing the rent, the winds of winter. Yeah, which, well, know. I mean, do you think if it would have been released before the series ended, that the series would have been better at the end? No, because I th- well, it, it just really depends. Like at least then George R. R. Martin could have said that he, that he tried to do something to save the show, or at least all the actors could have said like, "Hey, something's really wrong here." Uh, but I just think what happened in the last two seasons is that the showrunners and they were also the writers. Am I correct? Right? They were the writers as well. Uh, well, I mean, they they wrote some episodes. Um, they kind of became like Joss Whedon, where like yeah. you know when Joss Whedon was working on Buffy, Angel, Firefly, etc. Like 
he'd write, you know, like big episodes and he'd yeah. be the showrunner, but writer's rooms took care of everything else. Um, yeah. And I so think that's kind of how they function. Like they'd write like one or two episodes a season yeah. uh, and they would dictate how it went. But yeah, I think, I think they just fell under the weight of their own hubris and kind of like, I don't think they fell under the weight of their own hubris. I think they were fucking done with it. They decided to throw the show to the you don't think it got to a point where they were just like, like their their ego was through the roof, and they're just like, we can do no wrong, and we're gonna we're gonna I make mean, this sick ass finale because like, because what it feels like to me is like they they did all this whole like we're gonna do this crazy build up right, and like everything happens over time so slowly, and they're like that probably really annoys people, but it gets them to come back and watch more to, to see what happens next. And we're just going to give them everything at once and it's going to be epic and they're going to love it. I, I mean, maybe, possibly, probably. One second, I need to sneeze like super bad. Yeah, no worries. Um, but what I'm going to say before the sneeze hopefully comes out is that I think that also, aside from Insane Hebrews, they were kind of fucking done running the show and I think they were just trying to wrap it up as soon as possible. Yeah. And what they, did they get the Star Wars deal before or after the show ended? I I don't know. I just because the the, they kind of take at the end of, at the end of the day you should finish the things you start and if you don't that shows a serious flaw in character and I you know I think that's maybe, maybe that's why they got the Star Wars thing taken away. Yeah. I, don't know. I think it I think it was before like because people were really excited like that they were going to be doing a Star Wars trilogy. Like the thing is when when Disney was making the sequel trilogy like every other week uh, like well this person's working on a star wars movie ryan johnson's getting a trilogy db wise and david benioff are getting a trilogy andy circus is gonna make a movie like dude everybody's making a star wars movie where are they the alternate of the shows bro we have like 32 new shows coming out and they already axed two of them the gina carano show and so what what else well there's andor still which yeah like it, it'll probably be Andor fine, is. but nobody asks for that, you know. Which I don't is, know what Andor. I don't know what Andor is. To be uh, Cassie and Andor from uh, Rogue One. Oh, okay. Well, hopefully it, it'll be good. Yeah, I think it's uh, like a prequel. Well, obviously it has to be a prequel. He, di- he I mean, he, di- he <laughs> dies. Spoiler: He, I mean, he kind of yeah. dies. Everyone fucking dies at the end of Rogue. <laughs> yeah, kind of dies. Oh man, I love Rogue One. I gotta go watch that later. Yeah, it's really good. Probably Tomorrow I leave for Vegas. Oh boy, your favorite place in the world. I've never been there. Um, I don't predict I'll enjoy it very much. Yeah, um, it's literally nothing but alcohol and drugs now. <laughs> yeah, but I'll, 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 I'll make the most of it, I guess. Like, I mean, the, my biggest issue is like everyone smokes in casinos, and cigarette smoke really bothers my throat, and so oh, yeah. I try to avoid it at all costs. So what I'll what I'll do, I mean, I'll enjoy the food whenever we eat, and uh, yep. I'll probably just go to the swimming pool or something, like yeah, chill. Maybe they have a gym there, there. I don't know. <laughs> but I'm not gonna really bring gym clothes, so that might not work too much. Yeah, no. If you're trying to avoid cigarette smoke, definitely don't go to the interior of any casino because it's, it's strong and really is. Yeah, you probably smell as soon as you check in. Um, yeah i mean we went to like one of those gun ranges that they have where they have all the crazy guns to shoot like an rpg and like a grenade launcher and a minigun and stuff like that that's a bunch of fun you can have i mean that's that brings me back to more depressing news it was like people shot at a gun range recently like yeah 
That's the best um, but, guy tried shooting up a subway in Philly. Yeah, bro. no, it was it Philly or New York? I, I don't. I know think either. this morning was New York. Uh, yeah. Ten ten people were shot, but yeah. no nobody died yet. I don't think. Like he had smoke grenades and like threw yeah. them in two cars and shit. There's like, like a that. person. Of, there's a person of interest now. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like anytime I scroll through the news, it's literally just people all Dying. over the all over the country just being shot. Like. Yeah. But yeah, um, we leave tomorrow night at like nine at night, and then uh, our return flight is Saturday morning at like six a.m. Nice. Yeah. So Gotta get those hours travel. Yeah. Um, but we went to like hours. we went to Reno a couple years ago, and like the, a lot of the casinos in Reno now have like non-smoking sections. Yeah. So like, you know, you can really avoid it. But I don't think Vegas is like that. I've never been, so I don't know. But my prediction is it's it's not like that. <laughs> what are you going for? Like a company convention, or just going? To no, go, my my wife wants to get away, and she loves Vegas, and uh, her cousin who we live with um, just turned twenty one this year. Oh uh, shit! They're gonna get fucked up. Uh, my wife isn't. She's just gonna gamble. She likes to gamble. Um, yeah, we had someone cool. else coming who's like more of a party person to like, mm-hmm. uh, like hang out with her, her cousin to like, you know, they can like go out drink, to like clubs or parties mingle. or whatever, like, yeah. like have have that kind of fun because like even like she's not really into casinos, but my wife like she just wants to go play slots and shit like that's what she wants to do same i want to sit there play slot machine drink alcohol and smoke a cigarette and yeah just have a good time that's, that's yeah what, my wife's not gonna drink or smoke but she wants to gamble so she wants to sit at slots and spend uh what little money we have um there you go we should win you never know yeah yeah and then uh yeah but we don't really know who's who's who our fourth is now <laughs> so hopefully someone comes i mean we have some feelers out there uh but um yeah because it, it was, have, it, you know, it sucks to be 21 and go to Vegas, like, and be alone, you know? Especially yeah. if you're a, a lady. Yeah. You don't want to be alone there. So. No, especially on Vegas, especially during, like, the weekend nights. All the dudes are on the prowl. That's yeah. I well, I mean, we're going to only be there Thursday, pretty much, and Friday. But, yeah, mm-hmm. Friday going into Saturday, you know. And we'll probably be up all night to make sure we catch our flight, so. Yep yeah it'll be interesting and uh i'll report back if uh if it's shit or not mm. but it's funny because I, I was talking to my my boss last week because she's she's out all week this week and mm. she was like oh i'm gonna send you to like this meeting or whatever on thursday next week and i was like oh i'm also off she's like oh that's right yeah you're off uh, are you going somewhere i was like yeah i'm going to vegas but you know i you know it's not really my thing but you know i'll be fine or whatever and she was like she's like oh yeah me and my husband went a couple years ago or something or she like she's like we went recently and we couldn't wait to get out of there it's, it's awful <laughs> yeah i mean sometimes the thing about vegas could be like if you're not like in the fancy fun casinos you see a lot of very unhealthy people doing engaging in unhealthy behavior constantly and like that can be pretty depressing sometimes especially at very specific bars uh, I yeah. went to a strip. I went to a strip club. It was probably one of the most expensive things I've ever done in my entire life. Well, aren't, to... most strip clubs in Vegas are just nightclubs, aren't they? No, the one I went to was a legit strip club. At least it was just um, a strip club. It was just a strip club, and they did some crazy shit. I was really impressed, dude. Like they had this one chick. She was hanging upside down, like holding her legs, and there was another chick on top of her, and they both had their legs wrapped around the pole. 
and like oh. the one on top would like bounce up and down and like they would slowly be sliding down while spinning around and shit like that and the other lady under her was like you know like hanging upside down like doing weird shit with her arms and stuff like that but it was fun it was cool a lap dance was 40 bucks but like you know <laughs> just to feel some titty in my face so double what it is everywhere else no do you want to know the real <laughs> the real crime it was 16 bucks for a single bottle of freaking beer oh <laughs> yeah way too much money my my um, only knowledge of um of vegas comes from jersey shore family vacation oh boy and uh yeah because like uh, a couple of like the people in jersey shore had residencies there one of them had a residency at a at a nightclub that was a strip club so i, I was like oh that seems like something very vegasy where most of their nightclubs are also strip clubs Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and then uh, I, I've only been to a strip club one time in my life when I was 18, and uh, I left thinking, why didn't I just stay home and jack off? Yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, sometimes it's good. Like if you go to a strip club with like seven other friends, you can have a good time. I went with uh, three, well, one friend, and then a couple of his friends because it was his 18th birthday, and his mm-hmm. dad took us all, uh, and his dad, <laughs> his dad paid for everything. No, oh, at least there's that. Did you get a free lap dance? Yeah. Well, there you go. But so, at least there's that. Yeah, but it's but, fun. You know, it's fun with your friends when you're when you're also a 21 and B can you know smoke a little bit of marijuana. <laughs> okay, well again, this doesn't really apply to me, it. you know, because I'm. Yeah, I know, I know, <laughs> I understand. But I'm saying like you know, if you want to have some trashy fun, like it's sure probably be a good time if you know what you're doing. Yeah, you talk to like, girls too, like they're human beings, and uh, yeah, it turns out they're interesting people. They have a lot of crazy fucking stories to tell if you get them to open up. Yeah. So there's that too. Oh, the other thing I know is if uh, if strippers come to a hotel, it's because they're gonna have sex. Yeah, most of them actually like live in live. Well, they have, they have to like I think like live within thirty minutes of like the strip club, so something like that. So, uh, yeah, yeah I, don't know. I just know I just know like bachelor parties if they're like in hotel rooms with strippers that that they're someone's gonna have sex. Yeah, with a stripper. Well, it's cause, yeah, because I don't, yeah, probably. So I mean, you know, just, yeah, just call them a prostitute. That's, at that point. That's though. the word on the street. Yeah, it's like the best reason to go to Reno too. <laughs> Reno is a shithole, dude. Oh, Reno's got a bunch of really nice warehouses, though. So, oh know, my, it's, it's what, what are you gonna do in a fucking warehouse? A whorehouse. Oh, okay. It's two completely different things, and I can do a lot of things in a warehouse. Thank you very much. Specifically, if there are whores there, <laughs> like what? <laughs> Fix their prosthetic legs? Yeah, no, maybe you never know. Some of them don't have prosthetic legs. Some of them have full legs, and they cosplay like anime characters now, and it's like really expensive to see them. And they got all these medical certificates and stuff you gotta sign and get medically checked before you can see them. You don't, but you don't have to do any of that paperwork if you just go to a comic book convention. You can find the same girls. Except you know, I need to be able to sleep, actually sleep with these girls. My shitty personality usually gets in the way. In this way, I can just get past I mean, that horror just, money. Just so. pretend you're balling. Uh, no, I'm good. I can just see this thing. I can just be balling with a stripper. But then you go. have to go to Reno. <laughs> yeah, but you know Reno's fun because that's warehouses. <laughs> go and see it's a fucking uh, endless vicious cycle. <laughs> I'm yeah. sure there are some local whores who can take care of you. Not out here, no. Like we'll take because it's all illegal, so the state doesn't do like any medical or wealth or health checkups or anything like that. When Reno, you got to do it yourself. You got to bring the paperwork. Got to bring the tests. All your, you know. I don't want to do all that. Do all that in Reno. What's the difference? Well, I mean, like, what if, like, you know, just even if it's not strippers, you know, if you or like or hookers, you know, if you just meet a girl and you know you wanna, you wanna like, you know, 
do a one night stand or something, man. You gotta you gotta check the paperwork first. No, that's too much work. You gotta go to a bar and pretend like I have a personality first, and I don't want to do that. So, I mean, you don't. I mean, hey, man, I'm pretty sure going to bars is a personality. <laughs> yeah, well, it is for some people. It ain't for me though. That's like uh, that's what I tell people who drink IPAs. I'm like, I, I, IPAs don't have like nobody drinks IPAs because they like the flavor. They just drink it because it's their only personality trait. <laughs> But, yeah. pe- but people don't like when you say that. Some people really like IPAs. I told someone that and because he, he was drinking IPA and he said he said, you know what? Uh I would I would agree with you uh like a couple years ago, but I've been drinking IPA so long I actually enjoy it now. Yeah. That so, yeah, works. Fair enough. You know. I, I can't really talk on it because you know, I don't drink. I just like to judge people and talk shit. So like my my opinion really doesn't matter. It's just the funny worst to kind me. of the worst kind of drug. Shit. <laughs> yeah you know my, my wife always says i appreciate that you can laugh at your own jokes because no one else will well yeah she's not wrong <laughs> double bird I, I think i think i'm hilarious but other people just kind of you know give me funny looks when i tell jokes so whatever sometimes you know we gotta yeah. we gotta do what we gotta do you know yeah. like yeah. everyone keeps everyone keeps telling me i'm pretty as fuck but then i look in the mirror and i get scared so you know we just i don't know well, that's because you 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 have an idea of yourself already. So when you look yeah. at yourself, you see what you already believe you are. Mm. But the rest of us, we see beauty and kindness and uh, all sorts of good things. Yeah, I'm sure you do. I mean, psh. Anyway, moving on from that boring topic, topic <laughs> conversation. Uh, what else? I mean, this talk about my own book. Uh, oh, yeah. What's going on with your book? I don't know why well, you're just talking about Tolkien's inspiration, but like, you know, I, it's been a long time since I read Tolkien. So I don't want to say exactly like my novels, 100% inspired from Lord of the Rings. Like some other people will directly say what they're inspired from. Um, but I will say like, even just the fact, like having the big bad, having an evil guy, you know, having like the dark Lord, like, I'm not sure. Is that something that started with Tolkien or is that just something you think is just inherent to storytelling? It's like having a character that overshadows everything with like an evil presence. Um, or do you think I, just Tolkien did it so well that everybody thinks that's, that's what the, that's the standard basically now? <laughs> I, I haven't read uh much pre-Tolkien fantasy, mm. so I can't speak to that. But I think it is you know, a, you know, not to quote Disney, but it's a tale as old as time. You know, mm. like good versus evil, and uh, you know, like an evil. Well, I mean, like you look at um. You know, some Disney stuff that was done in the 30s, right? Like, you had, uh, you know, Maleficent and, like, overarching, like, dark characters, right? But in Disney, is always, like, uh, old sorceresses and witches and shit. Or drag queens, like in... Uh, yeah, Mermaid, Shakespeare. The first one. Yep. What about Shakespeare? What is Shakespeare? Did, well, Shakespeare was in fantasy. Um, and in Shakespeare, the thing is, like every character every, had a very every, yeah. Every, every character is a great character. They in had, a way. A, had a very specific, and they had a very specific purpose to suit the story. You know, and there, I just don't going over. I just don't think there is a one character that was like, oh, I am the lord of everything that's going wrong in your world. Maybe uh, Macbeth. No, because Macbeth was kind of his own Dark Lord in himself, because the main focus of Macbeth was also on Macbeth. You know, we get more of the story from him than from anybody else. That's true. Same with Beowulf. It's, uh, there's not, like, an overarching, like, main, main bad guy. It's, like, more about, like, you know, 
character hubris. Beowulf, some weird shit. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta say, old English is definitely old. Yeah. Uh, you liked Ghost of Tsushima, right? I didn't play it, but oh. I, I, I do want to play it, but I'm also just biding my time until I can get a PS5, so I'm not really playing any PlayStation. Well, apparently right Sony's making a movie of it. I, I hope it does well. And Takashi like, Dosher is writing it. Good for him. I hope it's good, and I hope it doesn't suck, and I hope it's not like every other video game. Like, the only good video game movie I think I've ever seen was probably the World of Warcraft one. Yeah. I know the Assassin's Creed one was, hor was horrible. Uh, Crash Bandicoot one was horrible. Ratchet and Clank one was just literally just a bunch of cutscenes from the movie, from the video game itself. <laughs> um, Wait, there was, there was a Crash Bandicoot movie? Oh, yeah, dude. It was super bad. It was so it was so hilariously bad. <laughs> the new Mortal Kombat movie is also bad. Uh, yeah, you're right. You're not, you're not wrong. But if but you I like think, if you like to just watch that, something and not think at all, then you'll enjoy but it. But here's the thing with that Mortal Kombat movie, though, the new one, is I think they're moving in the right direction of what Mortal Kombat movies should be, which is just these ridiculous, like, fight scenes, like, with over-the-top, like, just animated fantasy kung fu. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, just crazy... Just, crazy shit and did I you see the new it. uncharted uh no but i also heard that was really really bad <laughs> hmm. i mean in other sony news sony's morbius drops over 73 percent in its second weekend at the box office yeah uh I've, everyone i've said everyone i've talked to that watched it said it was just very uninspired and boring so yeah i had no interest in it <sighs> same i don't even know what morbius is so i don't fucking care <laughs> so there we go well <laughs> they didn't make they didn't make me care that's the thing like they didn't make me care like they made my family care to go see iron man back in 2006 or whatever the fuck that was 2008 you know, 2008 so there we go uh, uh charlize theron is producing an aqualad inspired series for hbo max good what does it mean oh, to be aqualad inspired uh, it's just... <sighs> you know aqualad from spongebob there we go. Inspired, no, it's a, bro. no, not 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 Sponge. <laughs> this is DC Comics Aquaman, Aqualad. Aquaman and Aqua Boy and Aqualad, bro. <laughs> it was, I mean, uh, like, uh, according to Variety, the streaming service will explore Aqualad's origins in a new series that is executive produced by Charlie Theron. The show is called uh, I, You Brought Me the Ocean and will draw influence from the 2019 graphic novel of the same name. Yeah, that's where um he explores his um sexuality, homosexuality. Well, I hope it doesn't suck and I hope it's good. And yeah, that's all I can really do at this point. Yeah. You you know there's always way more comments on anything that has to do with like minorities of any kind or Yeah, or, cause it, cause people like yeah, get people kicked out of fight. And people like, are the worst. Yeah. I and I bet none of them have ever read uh <laughs> read the crap novel. Uh, this is some CW level crap. Oh, this is my favorite one. Wow, comments did not disappoint. <laughs> they never do, especially when you got the right hazmat suit on and everything for when you yeah. go through them. Watch out, black men! The media is insisting on turning every black character's gay now. Go figure. <laughs> uh. All right. Uh Okay. Uh-huh. Wokeism, politically correct, SJW, snowflakes, progressivism, lefties, and so many other descriptives. This is why none of these things will succeed. They're degenerate and insidious. They're constantly going for children. They offer nothing 
fruitful, positive, or constructive. They offered division, hostility. Okay. Um, um, really angry. They, they're constantly going for children uh, on a streaming service where this will exclusively be that costs $15 a month. What child yeah. is paying for that shit? Yeah, and also parents, it probably will, if it's rated correct, correctly, uh, it probably will be most likely PG-16. And if parents, which really, they need to start stepping it up instead of usually using the built-in parental controls and all these streaming services to make it so their child can't watch that kind of stuff. Like what Disney has. Disney's parental control system is awesome. I love it. I wish more people would use it. But they don't. Jesus. All these people. Yeah, no. I mean, fights on the internet. Like, it just seems like the internet's getting more and more violent every single day, dude. Like, well, and, the, we... and the, the, the fact is, so many people are just so uninformed about everything, too. Like, it, it, you see it on the internet more than anywhere else. I mean, because everyone's on the internet. It's like, people who think they know literally everything, but literally know nothing. And the for me, the biggest issue is like, there are a lot of complex things in our lives and in our world, yet everyone thinks it's so simple. Yeah. Right? And this is this is where I come down on all this stuff, right? You look at things like, you know, on the political spectrum, like on the far, far left, you have CNN, and on the far, far right, you have Fox News. And, you know, if you want to find the truth, it's somewhere in the middle of both of those things. Both those sides are lying to you in one way or another. The only time you know they're telling the truth is if they both report on the same exact thing. Right. So if you watch CNN, MSNBC, and then you watch Fox News and any part of their reporting overlaps where they're both saying the same thing, that part is true. Sorry, I just uh, peaked my mic. Um, But most of the other shit, like the truth is somewhere in the middle because it's really easy to take full, full issues and give your side and not ever mention the other side and paint it without context as what you think it is. And for the other side to do the same exact thing, the truth is it's somewhere in the middle always. And so when people say, Oh my God, Aqualad's black and gay. Oh my God, they're ruining America. They're grooming children. And then the other side says, no, they're not. They're just educating and showing blah, 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 blah. There's true elements to both of those things. Uh, and there's false elements to both of those things. Like the truth is in the middle somewhere, right? Like yeah. there are kids who will watch that and be like, holy shit, dude. Like it's finally someone I, that I relate to, someone who represents me. And other people watch it and say, I, you know, uh, you know, I'm uncomfortable with this or whatever. They have to confront their own prejudices, whatever it is. Like the, the thing is like, will it do more harm or good? Who cares? If you don't like it, don't fucking watch it. Yeah. So... Especially with HBO, there's so many different shows on HBO. You can go through and watch a little power fantasy. Exactly. Not like any of those ever have things that you might disagree with. Jesus fuck, man. Never. Um, yeah, then there's this news article about <laughs> Warner Brothers reevaluating Ezra Miller's future as The Flash. Um, no wonder why. Which then they later came out and said, we didn't say that. We're not, we're not, we're not doing that. Uh, but yeah. I, when I saw when I saw that article for the first time, I laughed because this was like we were we were talking about how dysfunctional all this shit is. It's so funny to me. Um, yeah, that, there's not really other news. Oh, uh, America Chavez, co-creator, says he turned down Marvel's insult of an offer. So for people who don't know, the way comic books work is if you work for Marvel, 
um, everything that you do under Marvel's name is owned by Marvel. That's just how it works. So when they use your characters that you created and put them in movies, uh, they technically don't have to give you anything. Uh, and what they end up doing is barely giving you anything. And uh, pretty much what, what this guy said, I read the article like last week or whatever. He pretty much said, like, I don't need that money, so I don't care. Like, it doesn't bother me at all. I don't, I don't need the money. It doesn't bother me, and I'd rather not take it um and be able to speak out like i'm speaking out now for future creators to understand that this is how this industry works and if that bothers you you can do something about it or try to do something about it but i'd rather not take the little tiny bit of money they want to give me for the character i created to put them in doctor strange and instead be able to speak about what the what what's happening you know which is fair enough yeah it's not the first time like other creators have been like really insulted like they're like yo what the fuck like I created this major character for you and you're not giving me anything. And legally, yeah, they don't have to because you're technically a freelance worker, like, uh, you know, working for Marvel. So everything you do, it's just like if I create some crazy technology at my company, they own that mm. technology, you know, because yeah. I use their resources and their money to be able to do it. But, you know, you know, I'm sure there's arguments. I'm sure even you there might have some feelings about... Uh, corporations and yeah there are instances when the whole subcon like you know independent contractor thing works very well and there are instances where it simply does not and there are instances where the company if they really do care about independent talent they really should run some kind of hybrid model uh but that's really complicated and they don't want to do that and they don't want to go through the legal jujitsu of setting that up um so instead they just do one or the other and in this case, I really, you know, if everything they do is owned by Marvel, but they're still called independent contractors, even though they're constantly writing things for Marvel, they're doing things for Marvel, they're most likely sitting in a Marvel drawing studio. Uh, they have Marvel apparel on, you know, they... <laughs> well, it's like, uh, you know, the ones that, that come back the most, the ones that are regulars, the one who gets the big stories, all that stuff. Like, these these are the yeah. writers that have, like, you know, when, they, when it comes time to renegotiate their deals, you know that they're renegotiating get more cuts from popularizing characters right like when you're yeah. just starting off like you feel like holy shit my dreams are coming true i'm working on comic books like you take whatever you get and you just sign it right which is why it's like so good for people to speak out and say like hey man like don't just take it like if you believe in your stuff and you you know your worth mm. you know fight for what you believe in and if you think you're going to create an amazing character one day that marvel's going to put in a movie you know put that in your contract that like you should get a certain percent of that right just like you know (laughs) if i if i got a record deal or whatever i don't want the record company to own all my music like i i put all my time and effort into writing that music and sure i get to use your equipment and and your people to make it sound better and whatever but i want to own it so if i'm signing a record deal with anybody i'm making sure like i own the music and if i don't then why not just do it myself and hire my own people you know that's what we're uh i a lot refer to my uh good my good friend mookie uh she got uh she got masterclass you know masterclass is it's like kind of like an online web learning platform we're not sponsored mm. by them it's like curiosity and stuff like that yeah but they have like just lecture series from like famous people basically and they have like some famous people that are useless and don't understand why they have their masterclass like they have one by the clintons like literally by hillary clinton and by uh, bill clinton and literally the most wow. like heavy process just it's like it's like ted talks kind of yeah but but like like every now and then they sell out and you're like why 
several of them in a row. It's like TED Talks, but several of them in a row. And yeah, hmm. but Werner Herzog, Werner Herzog did a really good. His, his match class was fantastic. It's also funny. You mentioned at the beginning of the show, uh, R.L. Stein. He also did a masterclass on writing, hmm. and I actually found him quite informative about how the writing business of writing works. And also, I just love the guy. He's the I appreciate him a lot more, <laughs> a lot more yeah. after entertaining that masterclass. He's a he's a he's a kooky character. I mean, it's but, tough though. It's tough. Yeah, because like going I, back, I'm just sorry, going go back real quick on the point of Werner Herzog. Like he said that at the end of the day, like he wanted to retain all film rights, all that stuff. You know, like that you were just talking about, and he said. If you have a project that you really believe in, like, you know, I was just a kid from Germany, no name, like, no, like, no family name or anything like that. Uh, fresh, or at least I think that's what he said. Fresh out of film school that he basically didn't get along with any of his professors at film school because they're all teaching in, like, this really old school way that he didn't appreciate because, you know, he was the young person trying to push the letter forward. Um, and he said, if you just believe in your project and you have a project that's just what he said, I think, touched by the grace of God, like, it'll, it'll rise to the top. And you just really got to believe in yourself. That's what he said. And I think that's important to reiterate. Yeah. Well, even <laughs> um, like you look at George Lucas, like the reason why mm-hmm. he got away was like the reason he made so much money off Star Wars is because he, he owned everything. He yeah. maintained so many rights to Star Wars. That Fucking like made, he built it, his own, he built his own studio in his backyard. <laughs> yeah. And like Fox had very little faith in it. Right. Yeah. Well, so it's, it's funny too, because like, I didn't realize the more I understand, like, it's it's funny because we make George Lucas. It seems like oh he was a nobody until Star Wars came out. But I didn't realize that he made American Graffiti. Yeah, he made American Graffiti. American Graffiti was an immensely popular movie when it came out, and that, that's also when I realized that's where he knew Harrison Ford from. It's weird yeah. because he did it as I a read... like a film school project. Yeah, <laughs> that's just how. <laughs> Sometimes some people are just really good at something, and I think George Lucas is really good at making movies. George Lucas know. was a stud back then too, like yeah, his early was, pictures. Like, yeah, dude, that dude was was very good looking back in the back in the seventies. Back in the days, he had the eyes and everything like that. And yeah. Now he's just a dorky dude walking around with his tucked in jean shirts and his jorts. Hey man, he's bussing. <laughs> yeah, but now I guess he's, he gets to rest on his laurels, I guess. Yeah. Um, but back on R.L. Stein too, like, um, and just to go deeper into that, like, man, that guy just, it's funny because like in the first 10 minutes of class, like, I'm just going to answer a bunch of questions right off the bat. Where was Sir R.L. Stein? Where do you get your ideas? I got no idea. They just think of, I just think them up as I'm writing. Sometimes I see something that really inspires me to make a kid horror story. <laughs> so I go home and I just write 90 pages and boom, new book. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's what happens, though. Like, inspiration sometimes yeah. comes from nowhere. Like, I'll just be driving home sometimes, and I'll just think of, like, two song lyrics that go well together. I'm like, holy shit, I need to write that down. Yeah, or, like, yeah. scenes in my book when I'm, like, thinking, like, oh, awesome set pieces of badass stuff to write. Or, like, you know, interesting to write interesting lines of dialogue, stuff like yeah. that. Well, some like, sometimes you have to be careful. Like, sometimes I'll start writing something, and, like, I'll, I'll just, like, it'll just take me away. And then I'll just, like, oh, I wanted to write this positive thing, and now I wrote something about suicide. Great. <laughs> nice yeah bring grunge back bro this happens <laughs> bring um, <grunge> back. <laughs> but it's really it's really hard like any type of writing you do it's really hard to get published like yeah like it's an well, insane uh, process to get published uh, 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 the amazon self-publishing makes it very easy to get published these days but it also oh, just depends on how many people are yeah, how many people are going to read that like dude it's yeah, all but, funny do you, ever, do you ever want to be endlessly entertained all right do you know what you need to do 
go to the Amazon book section, sort by romance, and then sort by the brand new, like, fresh off the press, self-published indie novels in the romance section. Is it just a bunch <laughs> you, of Reddit forums? You will see some of the funniest fucking, like, sexual 75-page fan fiction shit I've ever seen. <laughs> but do you make money off of that? You, you can, yeah. You can make a lot of money. I know some people, I've heard of people that are making well over a million dollars, like, after taxes uh, but you have a to... year. You have to like this, here's the thing also if i just promote think, everything which is really tough yeah it, but also here's the thing fantasy fans and science fiction fans are kind of like starved dogs right now you know they really haven't been getting anything like hardcore major so they're willing to basically and i'm talking about like you know the hardcore fantasy like i'm a science fiction and a fantasy fan but i'm not like a hardcore one mm-hmm. i'm never like a hardcore anything but it except for like maybe that so it doesn't matter i <laughs> but what i'm saying is that these people will if they will do that like they go to the fantasy there's there's another section in the amazon bookstore fantasy and science fiction you can sort by brand new self-published right then and there these some of these people will go they'll read the first few pages they'll decide if they want to read anymore or not and if they do they'll give you like 3.99 or the 4.99 that's the thing about these books it's about moving volume so like they'll be on their little kindle or their e-reader or whatever it is and they'll just like you want to buy this book? Yes, boom, click one click, four ninety nine. There it goes. You just got to get all. <laughs> you got to give. A, you got to give a shitload. You got to get a shitload of people to read it. You know. If I thing. if I was gonna write, I'd write a poetry book. Yeah. Well. Can you self publish those? Yeah, you can self publish anything on Amazon. Case in point, there's like some of the shittiest, like just like erotic fiction I've ever seen in my entire life, just flooding Amazon. The romance of amateur. Oh, I'll show you eight. erotic fiction. <laughs> Yeah, there you go, bro. It's your calling. You can write erotic, amateur erotic fiction and make gajillions of dollars. He was driving down the Rocky Mountains, looking at the rock <laughs> formations, thinking, I've got a rock Damn. formation in my pants. Pants, yeah, dude. He started... Uh, that's... You a lot... yeah, that's it. There you go. Uh... Born in three, $3.99, baby. There you yeah. go. All right, Church. well, I'm going to go get some Panda Express and play some Lego Ooh. Star Wars. Nice. I heard there's a lot of memes in that game. Oh, uh... It's it's actually pretty fun. Yeah, that's honest. what a lot of people were saying. It's like really entertaining, but also everyone's saying there's a lot of memes, which I'm happy that like they include a lot of memes. Yeah, hold on. I have a, I have I took a picture in the game. I don't know if I can show it. I'll try. Hold on. Let me share it to my Discord and I'll, I can check it out at least. Um, display capture. Okay. Bam. Okay, it's on the screen. Oh, Baby Yoda, Luke Skywalker, yeah, Mandalorian, Han Leia. Solo, Leia, yeah. So the I crew. was, yeah, because I bought the like uh, the deluxe edition, and yeah. uh, it came with the Mandalorian, and so like I just like randomly switched to him, and I just noticed Baby Yoda's following me around. So I was like, man, I'm gonna fucking print screen this shit. There you go, bro. Yeah, that was sick. Just, uh, just, in, just for future reference, though, if you're playing a game via Steam. Uh, wow. If you press the F12 key, it'll actually take a screenshot of the game you're playing right now and then download that screenshot to a screenshot folder. And then okay, format well, it. Format I'm a it dumb dumb. Okay, just F12. That's all you get. It's just one button press, okay? It's like, you know those little shapes that you had to I, put in? I like... use F12 as save as. Does that count? No, but you can certainly use it if you can figure out how to bind it to save as and you understand the concept of save as. I'm sure you can understand the well, concept. Well, I mean, with Excel. <laughs> Like, well, if, it, it is save as in Excel. If you could use Excel with a moderate level of success, I think you can take a screenshot with, the, with Steam's built-in screenshot function by pressing one key. 
okay? I'm a god at VLOOKUP now, by the way, too. Good. That's yeah. all that matters. Ain't no thing. Okay. Anyway, uh, thanks for hanging out, fat pal. And uh, Please go. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for everybody watching and stuff too. Yeah, dude. We're gonna get that high rise. Go get totally. that panda. Yeah. Hey, so let me know if there's orange chicken there when you get there, okay? And my wife's gonna get orange chicken, so they okay, better because have it. I was really upset yesterday. I was trying to order it via my app, and for some reason, the orange chicken wasn't on the app. So I don't know what's going on. I'm gonna Hopefully. order two before I go because the panda by us is always packed out the fucking wazoo. Okay. Motherfuckers have lines down the street. Oh, it's so good, dude. That's why. <laughs> Panda Express is mediocre, but it sounded good to me. Uh, I don't know about mediocre, but it's, it's pretty delicious. Anyway, you go enjoy that. Thanks. Take me off the internet. Yeah, bye internet.